Hello, this is Owen Walton from From These Shores, um, and we've been doing a series on the baptism of the Holy Spirit in these podcasts. Now, I, I, at the end of the last one in the series, I said that that was the end of the series, and then I realized afterwards that I had not yet given the practical steps to uh, when, when praying for someone to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I'd only given the, the scriptural doctrines. So I'm going to uh, do, it might, this might be over two sessions. We're going to go through some practical information about how to pray for someone, how to help somebody else receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And the first thing I would recommend before you pray for someone else is to get your own doctrine correct on the subject. So I recommend you, if you have not yet done so, to go back and listen to the previous uh, podcasts in this series because that'll help you to get a scriptural understanding of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Another thing I've not yet covered is the whole topic of speaking in tongues, and I'm going to be doing a separate series on that next in these podcasts. So let's go through some practical steps if you're praying for somebody to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Now let's just actually ask this first. Do you need somebody else to pray for you, or can you just ask God yourself? Well, I, I do believe with with many things and probably most things, you can approach God yourself and don't need somebody to pray for you. However, with the baptism of the Holy Spirit, it does help to have someone to pray for you because this is an impartation from them to you or from God through them to you. Let's say it like that. Um, and when we see in the Bible, in many of the cases in Acts, uh, it was done through someone praying for or specifically laying hands on someone else. In this series so far, I've mentioned that there's five examples in the book of Acts where we give in detail. And out of these five examples, three of them show somebody else praying for the individual group to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Those are in Acts chapter 8, where we saw um, the, the apostles prayed for the people in Samaria. Uh, Acts chapter 9 is where Paul was prayed for to receive the Holy Spirit. In his case, it's interesting because uh, obviously these days we know Paul as kind of the Apostle Paul, uh, and he was very central in you know the, the early days of the church and wrote a large amount of the New Testament. And I suppose in our thinking, we would think that if someone like Paul was going to be prayed for to receive the Holy Spirit, it's probably going to be done by somebody important. Now, if you were to just go by Acts chapter 8, we could say, well, it takes an apostle to pray for somebody to receive the Holy Spirit. But in Acts chapter 9, God didn't even use a leader in the church to pray for Paul. He sent a man named Ananias. And in fact, the Bible in Acts chapter 9 and verse 10 says, now there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias. So he was he was a disciple. He was obviously that would mean he was saved. He'd received Jesus, but he was not necessarily a leader or anything like that. We're not told certainly here. And so the the what we could say the great apostle Paul received the Holy Spirit by, from just another disciple praying for him. So that shows it doesn't take a leader or someone special to pray for somebody else. And part of what I want to do through these the series on the baptism of the Holy Spirit is equip you. Sometimes we always think that we need to get a leader or someone special to pray for someone else. But it's good that all believers learn how to pray for other people, how to pray for other people to receive healing, or in this instance, how to pray and lay hands on other people to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. In Acts chapter 19, we saw Paul prayed for the people at Ephesus to receive the Holy Spirit. 
Now, the other two examples in Acts out of the five, there was nobody who prayed for this group. Now, both of these two other two instances have some exceptions, uh, or we could say to a large degree, they are exceptions to the rule, I believe, because there was something unique and special about each one of them. In Acts chapter two, it was the very first time the Holy Spirit had ever been poured out on anybody. So there was nobody before that who had the Holy Spirit who could then go lay hands upon other people and impart. Um, and so, and the day of Pentecost was the first time the Holy Spirit was poured out like this. And so he, he fell upon them as a group. Nobody prayed for them. Uh, Acts chapter 10 also was when the Holy Spirit was poured out on the Gentiles. And again, there was a supernatural sign involved in this instance um, where uh, the, the Jews up, in that time, up until that time were not really including uh, the Gentiles. And so God needed to show them that the, the gospel was for the Gentiles as well. So he used a supernatural way to do that. And uh, the, the baptism of the Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues is how he did that in that instance. So both of those we might say are exceptions, whereas the other three probably indicate more the normal way, which is somebody praying for you. Um, but what that does show us is that when God needs to, he can do it through an exception. He's not limited to just having to have someone pray for you if he needs to. And if there's somebody who has nobody else to pray for them, God can do it that way if necessary. So don't limit God. Understand that very often there's the normal way and then sometimes there's exceptions. Now, I'm going to give you some tips and, and uh, practical steps. I don't believe there is a particular formula. If there was a formula, we'd see that clearer in the Bible. But what we can give is some principles as a guide to help. Maybe some things that we've learned along the way as we pray for other people that will help us and when we pray for them to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Uh, now, the first thing I would say, uh, one of the probably one of the most important, one of the first things you need to do when you're helping somebody else receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit is give them the word. Teach them, show them the principles in scripture. Again, you need to be confident enough with what you know to be able to explain it to other people rather than always relying on somebody else and say, well, you know, somebody else will teach you. No, you get a hold of the principles and you sit them down and you show them the word. Now, when you do teach them, yeah, this is this somebody else said this, but I think this is a good point. They said, you know, stick to Bible terms. Don't don't come up with our own man-made expressions and terms as to how to explain things. The more you stick with the Word of God, the more scriptural you're going to be. So, stick to Bible terms and how you explain this to somebody else. Very often, the person, if a person hasn't received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, they might be a new convert, or they might be someone who doesn't know a lot about the Word. And so, maybe, maybe uh, there's some good grounding in these principles. Now, you can show them what I taught you in the last few sessions, but start with the Word. Now, you see. Receiving anything from God is done by faith. We receive from God by faith and faith comes by hearing the word. So as you teach somebody else, you're going to build their faith to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And I'll talk a bit more about that a little bit later on. But lack of faith is one of the reasons people do not receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. As I said, I'll give some clarity on that a little bit later on. But if you see, if people have got wrong ideas and wrong thinking, that, that can create unbelief and attack their faith and hinder them from receiving. Now, that, that works in any area. If someone has wrong ideas about healing, that can attack their faith and can hinder them receiving. Same thing, if, if, if somebody believes, for example, that the, the Holy Spirit is not for everybody or the Holy Spirit is not for today, then that can hinder them receiving. 
So you need to show them some things. You need to help them to see that God gave the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost and that ever since then he has been given to the church and is available for any believer to receive. You need to show them that he is for today and he's for us. And show, and, and show them that God has never taken away or withdrawn the Holy Spirit from the church. Help them see that, that uh, the Holy Spirit is for all believers, not just for some. Again, I've equipped you with these principles, but these are important things that you pass on to other people. And then help them to see that, you know, the only, really the only qualification they need to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit is to be born again, to have received Jesus. Sometimes people have been taught that maybe they're not good enough or maybe they haven't done certain things. And that's why they can't receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Sometimes people say, well, you know, I need to clean my life up a little bit. Again, you need to understand this. This is all our thinking and it's rooted in wrong teaching and, and, and wrong ideas that are not in line with the word of God. Anybody who has received Jesus is ready to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. There's nothing they have to do. They don't have to clean their lives up. The blood of Jesus has already done that. And the next thing is show them that they do not have to wait in the sense of wait years or even months show them that uh, begin to show them from the word of god that when you pray for them that they that that they can receive right then and there and as you show them that that can build expectancy and expectancy is connected to faith so some wrong if there's wrong ideas those wrong ideas and wrong beliefs can hinder that person if they think that uh like i said if they're not good enough uh or maybe they've heard some false bad teachers say some things that might uh, they, they might be concerned. You know, sometimes people have heard things like, well, you know, you, you better be careful about that Holy Spirit stuff. You might get a demon or you might get something else. So, and I'm not saying that. I'm saying this is what some other people might have said. And so you might be praying for someone who's afraid. They're afraid that they're going to get the wrong thing. And you need to show them that, that, that the Bible teaches when we ask God, he gives to us. When we ask our heavenly father, he gives us good things. He's not going to give us something else. And Jesus even said that when you ask, he's not going to give you a stone or, or, or something. He's going to give you the Holy Spirit. Uh, okay. So the first thing is give them the word, equip them with the word. And that, that shouldn't necessarily take hours. But at the same time, the more wrong thinking they have, the longer it could take. You might need to, 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 to just uh, equip them a little bit with some understanding. So allow some time for this if you're praying for somebody. Uh, and some people might not need as much teaching. They, they, they might have a very simple, ready to receive faith. And especially if they don't have wrong ideas, they might receive a lot quicker and a lot easier. Okay. So now the next thing why you're talking to them is you might want to explain to them what to expect when you lay hands upon them. Uh, and I'll talk about laying on of hands in a minute. Okay. But explain to them a little bit about what to expect. You see, some people, again, they get tense. They get nervous. They think they're going to be zapped by some great lightning bolt and all kinds of things. And so you, the moment you lay hands upon them and start to pray for them, they tense up. And, 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 and they're so focused on that that they get in their minds and their minds become a blockage to them receiving. So just tell them to relax. Just tell them, you know, there's nothing to be concerned about and they don't need to tense up and brace themselves or anything like that. God's not going to hurt them. And you, that might sound like strange things to say, but you'd be amazed what people have heard. So just tell them that when you lay hands upon them, the Holy Spirit's going to come upon them. And you need to have confidence as well. You need to have confidence that God will flow through you. So don't say to them, well, he might come or let's see what happens. Don't use terminology like that. Be confident with the word of God. Lay hands upon them and say, when I lay hands upon you, the Holy Spirit is going to come upon you. 
and and then just say to them just yield to him relax don't don't you don't this doesn't have to be a big fanfare or any something dramatic Sometimes we get so focused on the externals. People say, well, are they going to fall over? Are they, is this going to happen? Don't get focused on all of that. Just just tell them, just relax, okay? They, they don't even have to be standing up to receive. They can be sitting down. They, you know, there's all kinds of things. But don't get focused on the external manifestations. Just tell them to relax and, and you'll lay hands upon them. Have confidence in the presence of God and the flowing through you as you pray for them. Now, connected to that and helping them relax is, I would suggest creating an environment that's friendly. Create an environment that's relaxed when you pray for the person. Because, and, and this isn't, this, this is a practical thing that, that's more focused on them than on God. It's not that God can't move in other environments. God can move in any environment he wants to. But this helps the person receive. See, they have to receive. And if they're focused on other things, if there's lots of noise, if there's lots of distractions, they, they might not be quite as focused. So it might be easier just to take them somewhere quiet where it's a little bit friendly and relaxed and uh, just minimize distractions, minimize hindrances. Uh, connected to that as well as I would suggest, don't don't crowd around them. You don't need 15 to 20 people praying around them, all shouting out and all screaming things. That can get confusing. And sometimes, especially in maybe charismatic or Pentecostal circles, things like that have been done. You get a whole crowd of people and everybody's shouting something different. And then the person trying to receive just gets confused. They don't know who to listen to anymore. Okay, So I, I wouldn't suggest a big crowd. Uh, you might want to have you and one other person, maybe two, three maximum people uh, praying for them. But you don't need all of that. It can just be you and them. But certainly I wouldn't suggest having a crowd. And again, if there's a big crowd, they might feel awkward or they might feel self-conscious, kind of, especially that might hold them back from speaking in tongues. They might not yield to that because they're self-conscious if there are too many people around or they feel people are watching them. So just uh, they might begin to feel pressured if people if there's too much expectation. So the more relaxed they are, the more they just don't feel too pressured. And, and, and there's only just one or two people there. It's a quieter environment. You'll find it's a little bit easier to pray for them. They probably won't be as self-conscious. And then there's less to hinder them. The next thing to do is uh, explain to them how they're going to receive that it's going to be through the laying on of hands. Now, the laying on of hands is the Bible way to pray for a person to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. But as I said at the start of this session, there's exceptions to that. If, 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 if for some reason you cannot lay hands upon a person, God can do it other ways. It's not the only way he can do it, but it's the primary way under normal circumstances. And so just tell them. Now, practical steps with laying hands upon somebody just, you know, if, you, if you're praying for someone who's of the opposite gender to you, if you're a man and they're a woman, just be, be reasonable and discreet with how you lay hands upon them. Uh, and, 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 you know, there's, there's just some, some appropriate ways to do. That's why very often we lay hands upon a person's head uh, or sometimes on their shoulder. But, but it's, that's just more considered a bit more appropriate, especially when praying for someone that, that's of the opposite ge uh, gender to you. So um, give them some practical understanding that just say, I'm going to lay hands upon you and tell them why. So that, that's, that's where an impartation takes place. And um, that, that, that really, to, me, to be honest with you, that, that's, those are the major steps you need to know. Uh, I suppose one more thing you could say is, what do you pray? Um, when we look in the book of Acts, we find that they primarily prayed, receive the Holy Spirit. They didn't say, God, please give the person this, the, give this person the Holy Spirit. Uh, 
And that's because we're not really looking for God to give the Holy Spirit. God gave the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost. The Holy Spirit's now available. It's now up to individuals to receive. See, we use similar terminology with Jesus. We say, you know, have you received Jesus? Uh, And that's because God does not have to give Jesus and Jesus going down the cross again every time someone wants to become a Christian. He's done that. It's already finished. Now we receive Jesus. So, uh, and, and receiving is something the individual does by opening their heart up. So when you pray for someone, you don't need a long prayer. It doesn't need to be hours and hours of praying and, and crying and all kinds of emotion coming from you as you pray for them. I think sometimes, again, we, those things can be a bit worked up and can, can distract people. Just, just especially if you're praying for them, if they're going to cry, if they're going to be touched from God, let that happen. But you don't need to be, unless the Holy Spirit really does fall upon all of you and you just have an amazing time. But don't, 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 don't be overly emotional yourself. Be the, lay hands upon them and let uh, the focus is not on you. The focus is not on the manifestations and you crying and you shaking and all these kind of things. You are ministering to them. And if you start to cry and do all kinds of things, that's going to distract them. They're going to start looking at you and they're going to start, you know, wondering what's going on here. Why, why are you crying and all these kinds of things? Okay. So d- d- just be, be a bit aware of not trying to put those kind of things on unless, you know, like I said, if the Spirit of God really moves in an amazing way and you both get touched, that's wonderful. But avoid as a whole, avoid being too uh, emotionally, dis- having too many emotional displays yourself. You don't need to shout at the top of your voice for them. Just talk, lay hands upon them, pray and, be, and, and create a, more of a worshipful environment, I would suggest, in the way you pray. And that'll help them to receive. So those are some practical steps. Now, I do have some more information I'm going to want to give. So I'll do this on the next podcast. I'm going to talk about maybe uh, some of the the keys that a person needs to receive the Holy Spirit in their own life. And and maybe some of the reasons why they don't receive. And how you, when you're praying for someone, how you can recognize what possibly are the reasons why they're not receiving. So I'm going to end that one for for now. And uh, thank you for listening. Just uh, if you want any more information on this ministry, you can find it. The website is fromtheseshores.com. Uh, on there, you'll find information about live online teaching that I do. Every Tuesday, I, I do a live teaching which goes out over YouTube and Facebook. We do a range of Bible studies. Obviously, you can find more information about these podcasts on that website. You can also find information about the live meetings and the vision of this ministry for revival in the UK and for saturating the United Kingdom and then the world in the Word of God. You can also find more information on on, uh, the website about some online courses that I'm going to be starting soon. Uh, uh, By the time you listen to this, they might have already started. Uh, So that's fromtheseshores.com. Thank you for joining and I appreciate you sharing these podcasts with other people as well as subscribing to these. And and if you, and I'd appreciate it if you rate them as well. That just helps other people when they see them uh, to, to consider if someone said it's good, then someone else might think, okay, I'll have a listen. So thank you very much. God bless you. And we will see you again for the next podcast shortly.